Tracy. And I'm Lena. And we love Healing Children. In fact, we're the co-owners and founders of Healing Children, LLC. And this is our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing, where we get real about what children need emotionally. And how best to support them. We skip the fluff. And get right to the heart of it. like a very humbling discussion for us Mm -hmm. because for years we have tried this discussion with different groups and it is a very hard discussion for people to have. Yeah. Um, And so today we're talking about healthy compliance. And so before we really get into that, let's talk a little bit about kind of our hopes and our dreams for kids, Mm -hmm. what it is we want for all kids. Okay. And, and then what does that look like? And then we can kind of get into this um, discussion about it so that, um, so that people can understand where we're coming from, Mm -hmm. because I do know that this is a difficult discussion for a lot of people to kind of swallow. Yeah. So, you know, for me, the hope for all of my students really is for them to know themselves. Mm -hmm. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They know their morals mm-hmm. and their values. They are true to who they are, regardless mm-hmm. of maybe rejection you might face mm-hmm. for sticking to what your values are. They're, a- they're able to maintain healthy relationships and they're able to maintain a job. Yeah. And they're a- and it, like the golden thing is that they can live their passions. Mm-hmm. They can maybe work in an area where they're really passionate and really happy Um, because that does bring in so much joy for a person and it helps society too. And they think about giving back to others, Mm -hmm. but that is something that is a hope that I would want for all of my students that I work with or all the children that I counsel or everybody that I work with. And to really get there, your your kids have to develop a level of maturity Mm -hmm. and a level of conscious development in order for all those things to come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so it's, it's looking at why is compliance such a dirty word? Cause that's a piece of all of this. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And really what we talk about in our compliance, not in our compliance training, but in our conscious development training, we really talk about those stages of conscious development and how do kids get there? You know, we know that they start off with just going for all of their needs met to eventually getting to the point where they've internalized the morals and values of a primary caregiver, and then they've decided what they believe. And then if you have the highest level of conscious development, you live by those beliefs, right? But how do we get to that highest level of conscious development? Mm -hmm. And so what people often think and what we've kind of, with society, I think, they think that that just happens. I don't know how people think that happens for kids. What we know how that happens is it's a level of of learning to follow adult directions, Mm -hmm. learning to follow the rules in society, those steps have to happen first Mm -hmm. before a child develops the higher level of conscious development. Mm -hmm. However, when we talk about that, like kids need to learn to be compliant, like you said, it's become a dirty word in society. It's become a dirty word. And I think we need to talk about that. Yes. Because I think the fear is, you know, I'm going to become humble to an abusive person, Mm -hmm. or I'm compliant to somebody who's abusive, or someone is, it's an abuse of power. 
and they're having power over me or I am being controlled. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of us would agree that none of us want kids to be controlled, right? We want them to be who they are. We don't want to break their spirit. That's another thing that I hear a lot is, you know, we don't want to do these things for kids. And, and I don't think that's what you and I are really talking about either. What we're talking about is kids kind of knowing their place. And we also have to know our place as adults. Yeah. So it's maybe it's understanding what does healthy compliance look like for an adult. Okay. So maybe let's go through the different kind of the the words that people use and kind of the words that they okay, think about. We'll start there. When we talk about, because like even the word authority has become like this bad word. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, I think we've had people in authority or people have had people in authority in their personal lives who have been abusive. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden the term authority is bad. Yeah. Not understanding the difference between an authority figure who is healthy and really has our best interest at heart and has the experience to keep us safe and help us learn and help us grow. Versus somebody who is in a position of authority who does not have our best interests at heart and is selfish and abusive. Mm -hmm. So an authority figure has the power to enforce rules, um, judge other people, or ask people to follow rules and directions. That's an authority figure. So like mm -hmm. a teacher is an authority figure. They have the ability to enforce the classroom rules, Yeah. right? Or a parent is an authority figure. They have the ability to set rules for the home and enforce those rules and have those expectations rules. Mm -hmm. Any any adult in either of those positions can be a healthy authority yeah. or an unhealthy authority. Mm -hmm. So as we have this discussion about healthy compliance, we're talking about people in who are healthy authority figures, mm -hmm. not being compliant to people who are unhealthy authority figures. Right. Okay. We'll keep going into that. The other word is obedience. Obedience has also become a dirty word. Mm -hmm. I remember even one of our classes, there was one of the participants who was like, I would never ask my daughter to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And it was because in her mind, obedience meant that she, I don't know, but meant that she, her daughter was giving up a part of who she was to do what somebody else wanted her to do. Yeah. Which is not what we're talking about. No. Again, it's looking at the abuse of power and it's such a struggle because we could always be with someone who is abusing their power. We could have a teacher who's abusing their power. We could have any leader in our life taking advantage of their position. Mm -hmm. And the last thing we want is to set a child up to think that that's okay. Yes. Or what we've seen in society is people being so obedient to somebody who's abusing other people. Yeah. That they're so obedient to that person that they don't, um, I don't know what the word is, whistleblow yes. or contact the police or stand up against that person. Right. That is not what we're talking about either. No. So this is like we said, it's a very humbling and complicated discussion, but it's a very important discussion when we're looking at some of the healing discipline strategies that we talk about. Well, I think part of the issue is you can't mature without compliance, uh -huh. which also runs the risk of being compliant to the wrong thing. Yes. And so I think that's where we struggle. And, and I think as educators, when we have kids who follow the rules, mm -hmm. do what we ask, this isn't even a thought in our mind. We don't even think about it. Yeah. But so when we have a student where our typical everyday discipline doesn't work, mm -hmm. maybe they're throwing temper tantrums or refusing to work. They are running from the classroom like, they're not falling in line mm -hmm. with the typical classroom rules. And then we start to question, well, maybe me asking them to do this is unreasonable. Yes. And then maybe we back off on what we expect. Mm -hmm. And then we have 
entitlement issues, like we talked about in other podcasts, right? Or enabling issues. And then we still have a child who's not moving down the stages of conscious development. So we're talking about healthy compliance. We are not talking about coercion either. Right. So coercion is very, very different than asking a child to be. Well, so let's define coercion because I think that's also can be confusing with this discussion. Yeah. So coercion is when you are trying to force another person to act in a way that's not voluntary, Mm -hmm. but it's using intimidation. It's using threats. It might even be using shame or guilt. Maybe, you know, somebody has these morals and values and they want to be a good person. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you play on those morals and values, get them to do what you want them to do. So it might be an abusive spouse whose wife is thinking about leaving them because they're abusive Mm -hmm. and they know their wife is religious and Mm -hmm. believes that marriage is sacred. They might use that Mm -hmm. to get away with their poor behavior and keep their wife in this unhealthy situation. Mm -hmm. That would be coercion. Okay. And at no time are we ever talking about using coercion with kids, but we are talking about, like you said, healthy compliance is about healthy adults Mm -hmm. working with children to help them mature and grow. And then ultimately healthy compliance is about how we behave in society. So you want me to give some examples of that? Yeah, I think that'd be great. So let's think about you as an adult. If I am an adult who has healthy compliance, Mm -hmm. I understand who I am, what my roles are. So if my role is in the schools as a school psychologist, mm-hmm. I'm going to follow the healthy rules of my school district, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to make sure I'm to work on time. Uh-huh. I'm going to make sure I get my work done. I'm going to make sure that I am professional in right. my job. Now, healthy compliance doesn't mean that if I have a boss who's abusive, I don't say anything. Right. Because that boss is doing something outside the realm of what their role is, mm-hmm. then if I have a, if I have healthy compliance, I also have healthy compliance to my internal morals and values. And my internal morals and values say it's not okay for somebody to be abusive. Mm-hmm. So if I have a boss who's abusive, then I have the morals and values to stand up to that mm-hmm. and to say that's not okay. I am still being compliant. Right. But I'm being compliant to my morals and values. Right. If I am being compliant as a parent, it doesn't mean I'm compliant to my child. It means I'm compliant to my role as a parent. Mm-hmm. It means if my child has a need as an infant, mm-hmm. I am there to meet that need. I am there to meet their basic needs and to take care of right. them. I'm also being a healthy adult and compliant to my role as a parent when I provide structure and discipline to my child. Right. If I have healthy compliance in my role as a wife, it doesn't mean that I do everything my spouse tells me to do. Mm-hmm. What it means is, is I am not cheating on my spouse mm-hmm. because I'm compliant to that marriage. Right. I'm compliant to my role as a wife. I am, we are listening and we are collaborating with each other. Mm-hmm. I treat them with kindness and respect. We um, figure out what our roles are together, mm-hmm. but I am compliant to that role as a wife, not necessarily compliant well, it's making that marriage a priority. It's like, I'm making this marriage a priority because I want this marriage to be successful. Yeah. Now, if my spouse was abusive, yeah, me being compliant to the abusive spouse mm-hmm. is not being compliant to my marriage. Right. It is actually teaching my spouse it's okay to be abusive and their character is deteriorating. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually, again, compliant to my morals and values. Yeah. So ultimately what we want for children is we want them to internalize morals and values and they are compliant to those morals and values. Right. And what we've seen is children who learn how to be compliant to healthy adults when they're young 
actually are more likely to stand up to abuses and Mm -hmm. wrongs as adults. Yes. For kids who do not learn healthy compliance when Mm -hmm. they're young, who maybe think that they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, are more likely to be sucked in by unhealthy adults and not stand up for what's right. Yeah. So I think as adults, I I think it's looking at, am I asking, what am I asking this child to do? Is this fair Mm -hmm. as a teacher? So it's thinking about, you know, I think you brought up something that's super important. It's really looking at what is my role? Mm-hmm. So if I'm a school, I'm a school counselor. So my role is, you know, I, I teach guidance lessons. I counsel the students. I, you know, I do 504s. I, I help parents and teachers. And mm-hmm. th- that's all a part of the school counseling role. Yes. So if I am very compliant to that role in the sense that I do my best to have the best lessons I possibly can, and I try to do the best job of counseling my students, then it's very fair mm-hmm. for me to expect students to be respectful to me. It's very, especially if I work very hard to be respectful to them. Yeah. And when I'm not, I apologize and I take responsibility for myself. I can have an expectation that kids should be respectful to me. And when they're not, I can set a boundary with that. Yeah. And so it's looking at, you know, it's such a complicated discussion. Yes. But if you simplify it in the fact that I do my role to the very best of my ability. And I always try to do that. And I think most educators would fit into that. It's fair for me to expect the child to follow my classroom rules and directions. Yep. And, and I think it's realizing that we have to be compliant to things for healing to occur. Yep. And if we don't, let's say we have a kid who is really mean on the playground. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going out and they're they're hitting kids and they're hurting children. And if we don't expect compliance, essentially they're being abusive to other kids. Yep. So if we don't have those expectations and we don't follow through with what is appropriate discipline for that, mm-hmm. are we setting that child up to be successful? Are we setting them up to fail? And we're also setting them up to be an abusive person as they get older. Yeah. And we don't want that. And then we, that abuse cycle just continues. It just continues. So mm-hmm. I, I think for listeners, I think what we want you to do is really think about mm-hmm. this. We have a blog on it. So you can read our blog about it. We'd love to hear your comments. Um, we're very open to the discussion yes, because it is a good discussion. it's an important discussion. And it's important because I think what I see from educators is it's like, this kid's refusing to do what I ask. So what I'm asking isn't fair. And maybe all you're asking is for them to sit and listen to a lesson, something yeah. that they're capable of doing. They're capable of doing. And by learning to do that, we're setting them up to be to for future yes. social skills and behavioral skills that will help them be successful. That's right. And so one of the couple of things I really love is like understanding that providing healthy boundaries and healthy compliance is just as much, much of a basic need as nurturing is. Yeah. And so it is a basic need that needs to be met. And we've kind of lost some of that in our society. Yeah. Um, and also understanding um, if children don't learn healthy compliance, they can either become sociopaths mm-hmm. or they become doormats. And we don't want either one. No. Because we certainly don't want, if, if an adult is in a situation and they see abuse happening in the workplace. Mm-hmm. We want adults to do stuff about that. Yes. I mean, there has been situations where kids have been really hurt and <clears throat> the adults doing the hurting were not held accountable. Yeah. And that's not, that, that creates 
more mm -hmm. problems, more yes. upheavals. So we want people to have a moral compass and to follow that moral compass. Mm -hmm. Granted that we all have our own unique morals and values and personalities and all those things that make a human being who they are. We want kids to be that person. But when we're talking about how we treat other people, we want kids to also have a moral compass to treating others with dignity and respect. Exactly. And so, um, okay, so part of the reason we do talk about this is because a big part of healing children is working with kids with significant emotional behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, a lot of those kids with significant behavior problems, maybe they come from either history of maybe overindulgence, entitlement, overprotection, which we've talked about previously in previous podcasts, or they come from a history of trauma mm -hmm. where they have figured out that I have to take care of myself and they rely wholly on themselves to survive. Yeah. And they have, so they're at a state where they're not developing a moral conscience or any of those things because they are stuck in that survival mode. Yeah. And in order for them to move through that and to be, to develop those skills, part of that, as we talk about the healing environment, part of that is mm -hmm. healthy compliance. They right. have to learn to be compliant to a healthy adult because they've had so many experiences with unhealthy, Right. but they have to be, that's part of that attachment cycle mm -hmm. as they become compliant with a healthy adult and have that healthy compliance. That's part of their healing right. and developing those morals and values so that they can get out of survival mode and start to truly develop a life of happiness and joy. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's understanding having realistic, realistic expectations mm -hmm. for children yes. is very important. Mm -hmm. And then if you're struggling with maybe the, the conversation of obedience and compliance and authority, maybe taking that time to figure out where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Where are your thoughts coming from? What has maybe happened in your life that has led you to believe? Because for some people, they're great with authority and compliance and obedience. Mm -hmm. Other people are very much triggered by it because yeah. of maybe situations that have happened in their life. And I think it's an important thing to truly understand because it can get in your way of providing the needs that children have. Yeah. If you struggle with this. Well, or if maybe you've been a person where the authority figures were abusing the power. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you you were hurt maybe by it, or maybe you had other people that you knew, mm -hmm. siblings, friends, whoever, who were hurt by that. And you think, I don't ever want to be that person. You know, mm -hmm. I don't ever want to be that person. And so then, then that person may shy away from being an authority figure because they saw authority figures either taking advantage mm -hmm. of that or not being liked. Yes. You know, and so it's like, I don't want to be that person. So I, I am going to, maybe when kids misbehave, I'm not going to be as tough on them because I don't want to be seen that way. Or that fear that that is abusive versus yeah. able to separate healthy, like we said, healthy expectations mm -hmm. versus unhealthy. Well, and it's being a leader. Mm -hmm. I think when you're looking at educators, it really is leadership, mm -hmm. right? And leadership, good leaders. Mm -hmm. So it's thinking through who has been a good leader in my life. And a person may have to, you know, you may have to really think about that. Who's somebody that I respect. Yes. I see as mature. Yes. I see as living by their morals and values. And it's somebody that I, I look up to and I yes. admire. And what is it that they did that helped me grow helped me mature because mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people go into education mm -hmm. because they had a teacher who they really admired yes what is it that they did were they a doormat with you or did they have expectations with you mm -hmm. and how did they have those expectations yeah 
how do they communicate those expectations? Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes, you know, we don't want to be this person, this uh, an authority figure that has uh, been abusive, mm -hmm. but maybe we also aren't totally sure if we want to be a leader mm -hmm. or a role model, or um, maybe we saw the authority figures as being kind of dumb. We don't want to be like that either. Yeah. You know, we want our students to like us, but then how do we guide them through their life, mm -hmm. through their ups and downs? And how do we show them how to have great relationships? How do we meet those needs. Yeah. And so sometimes there can be different things in our life that get in our way of being mm -hmm. able to be a healthy authority figure with children. Mm -hmm. And those things can be, you know, again, it can just be thought through. It can be talked with a friend. It can be, you know, maybe even talked through with a counselor to see, is there something in my path that's kind of getting in my way of being able to expect healthy compliance from children? Yeah. Yeah. Is there something in my path? Um, and really starting to identify your own personal role models. I think mm -hmm. that's really that's important. I think that's really important because, you know, we talk about development a lot, but when you hit those teen years, you are separating from your parents and you're finding your own way. Mm -hmm. And so you are looking for other role models outside of your family mm -hmm. who you look up to. And it's really identifying who are those people and why. And why. And how can I develop those skills? And you don't have to use the words compliance, authority, or obedience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to use those words. I think what you and I really want for people is to still have those. We don't want people to lower their expectations because they have a student who doesn't want to follow their rules. Yes. And understanding that kids learning to follow a, an adult's rules, a healthy adult, mm -hmm. helps that child mature, grow, and develop a conscience. That's right. And so if you want to learn more... Um, again, we have courses online um, that you can watch. Okay. We have a live class. We, we have live classes at from time to time mm -hmm. as well that you can come to. Um, you can watch our second, it's in our second training, I believe, mm -hmm. Healing Discipline Part 2, um, where we talk more about really looking at ourselves and also looking at this compliant, healthy compliance issue. You can always read our book, um, Healing Discipline, Bring Hope to Shattered Lives, the guide for educators, or research our website and watch other Look at other blogs um, or podcasts. Yeah, because what we really want is for educators to feel confident. To empower. To empower. We're empowering the educator because we know when we all feel confident, that is the best thing for our students. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to learn more, you can go to our website at www.healingchildrenllc.org. On our website, you can read more about who we are. You can... Look at our online trainings. You can also look at our blogs on a variety of topics. You can see our most new and up-to-date podcasts. You can also engage with us in a variety of ways, such as liking us or following us on social media. You can even hire us to come in. Or you could email us or call us. Exactly. Make sure that you sign up for our email list so that you can get the latest information about what we have to offer, including live trainings in your area. Yes. So let the healing begin. Thank you for joining our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing. The Bumpy Road to Healing is sponsored by Healing Children, LLC. We are both educators and mental health professionals 
which gives us a unique perspective on working with children both in and out of the school setting who have severe emotional and behavioral concerns. Our mission is for all children to be emotionally healthy, happy, mature, and responsible. As adults establish healthy relationships and appropriate boundaries, we believe that children are more likely to grow and prosper. When adults understand the impact of trauma, entitlement, disruptive attachment, and child development, including conscious development, they can better create healing environments for children. To learn more about us and what we have to offer, go to www.healingchildrenllc.org.